Winter is here, so we all know it's time to huddle up and light the fireplace. But we're in the tropics, baby, so we won't. Permafrost. It's real. Okay, maybe, maybe Rana will. But he's still joining us in exploration of the tropical sounds of gaming. Welcome to the Music Arcade. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail of the Sound Guy Firestone. I'm Ronakel, your favorite popsicle. And I'm Eddie, and I've been living in the tropics since before it was cool. <laughs> That's fairly oh, accurate. Warm. So, um... Oh, shoot. I pointed at the joke without realizing it was the joke. I'm so sorry about that. My train of thought's gone. Good job. <laughs> that, that, took, that was the fastest we've ever gotten here. Anyways, um... So I actually don't know how this episode was, like, how it was originally conceived, but we've been having, we've had this one in the works for a while now. Uh, Music Arcade episode 2, in fact, was the one where we decided it's winter, let's do winter themes, and then uh, Eddie was like, we should, I should pick summer themes to because uh, different hemisphere. And, uh... Since and we ended up, uh, we ended up mixing the, the two. The was to invert the inversion this time. Except, well, one, a certain someone moved to the tropics themselves. <laughs> hey, Galen. And the other thing was that we don't inverse the inversion and we're just talking about summer and tropical themes. Well, we certainly have no... I think that's the situation anyway. Yeah, we'll get your season right next time, Rena. <laughs> well, I mean, looking at this list of songs, we sure have, like, some solid picks and a couple of subversions, but not quite. I know one of mine may be controversial until I explain it, but I don't have a joke pick in here, and I need to just say that out, out ahead of things. My picks are not jokes. So that was our Brace for Impact moment. Pretty much. And right. on the subject of bracing for impact, we start with a song that I'm going to try to avoid ranting about. Take it away. Uh, it's the Monkey Island theme. It's it's a classic for a reason. Uh, honestly, in the playlist, it's the special edition version, but you're probably already... If, if you've played the game, you're already humming the original in your mm -hmm. mind. And... Uh, it was a tropic. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, I mean, you so yeah, said humming. Uh, fair. I asked for it this time. You did. But yeah, it's a. Uh, honestly, it was a tropical vibes episode, and uh, the obvious pick was there. Um, uh, I I, I like the song though. It's, it's a more catchy than particularly great in my opinion yeah yeah i would i would agree with that i do like it there's a lot to like about it um i've never played monkey island actually but i am familiar with this song because i happened to see it live once upon a time i don't want to talk about this guy so i'm not going to moving on Oof. Um, Oof. I, yeah i know what right. you mean yeah Oof. you know what i'm trying to avoid saying so i'm going to avoid saying it um i like the bass line it's got a you know decent flute Got a bouncy vibe to it. It is catchy. It is very earwormy. No question. 
I think what's interesting about this song when compared to a lot of the others in our selection is reflected in the thumbnail of the video we use as an example and in the context it's used, which is that it is definitely uh, it's definitely tropical and summery and the likes, but it's also nighttime, so it has this kind of wind down, this kind of reprieve aspect to it where you yeah. are enjoying a bit of the freshness of the night to uh, make up for how harshly the sun can beat down sometimes plus the the games in general they they're just slow paced because they are old school point and click adventure games so it also has to fit that vibe and while they are very much chock full of jokes they aren't exactly chock full of action right um but yeah especially uh, this one who had this uh, interesting trade that uh, i think there is only like one way to really die die in the game which was a stark contrast to a lot of the sierra games that uh, could uh, completely uh, break your game and you didn't know that until 30 minutes after reaping the consequences of your innocuous actions. Wasn't there yeah, one Lucas where there Arts was like, at the time. an oh, item you had to pick up like right at the beginning of the game that would affect your ending? There was one yes. game that did that, that I'm just like, this is bad design, don't do this. Yes, Sierra used to do that a lot. Uh, yeah. LucasArts had the exact opposite uh, philosophy on game, game design. For them, if there was a state where the player could softlock themselves for reasons they don't immediately get a, uh, a prompt to know or whatever, that is bad design. And in fact, uh, for all of LucasArts adventure games, and they had a lot of adventure games, I think only one of the Monkey Island games have has an option where you can die, and even then... It requires you to wait for like I think an hour without doing anything. Maybe yeah. fifteen minutes while you are actively drowning. Yes. Yeah, it's something like something like that. So like, it it is. Uh, the Monkey Island franchise, as with the other Lucas Arts uh, point and click games, it is a style of gaming that uh, pretty much uh, wants you to take it slow. Especially since the puzzles are, a lot of puzzles are honestly pretty hard to get, uh, and that's an understatement, even if that does fit the absurdist comedy. Yeah, I mean, the music is, like, clearly in that realm, at least this song is. Like, it's it's got the chill parts, right? Like, it's not it's not trying to rush you, it's not trying to give you this sense of dread it's it's a chill game with a chill soundtrack that matches so yeah that's uh that's the obvious pick out of the way and uh while you folks in the audience are still humming that one we're off to transistor nice transition to transistor thank you and uh we were talking about reprieve and in this situation that is kind of the point where this uh, music sandbox ha uh, happens 
basically you have uh, over the course of uh, the virtualized city uh, that's gradually decaying you go through in the game uh, some portals that can leave you to uh, uh, a bit of a refuge a bit of a safe space uh, that's interconnected uh, which has this music and look like a little micro tropical paradise i mean it sounds like it i mean my first note is well this is sure on the nose yes like, Let's be honest here, this sounds exactly like you'd think a song like this yeah. should sound. It's like, I don't have to describe you how the place looks like. No, you most certainly do not. You can see the beach house, you can see the long chairs, mm -hmm. and you can see the palm tree already, mm -hmm. and the slow rolling of the wave. It's all there. Yeah. It's a bit textbook, especially compared to a lot of the other wilder parts of the excellent Transistor soundtrack. But uh, I think that's a bit the point after some, some music that can go in the bold and the discordant, uh, even at times, uh, I think something where you have exactly what you know you should expect uh, is, uh, it helps that uh, sensation of that uh, refuge. Yeah. Um... No, b based on the, based on the intro to the, to this song, which is very Bossa Nova-esque, uh, I... I was ready to go on one of those typical Brazilian rants of gringos don't really get how to make bossa nova, but Darren Corb clearly knows what he's doing here. It, it's not quite, uh, like, for a Brazilian ear, you can recognize that it's not by someone from Brazil writing an actual bossa nova song, but he's not trying to. Uh, when you get a bit farther into the song, you get... I think those might be Hawaiian steel guitars. There's a bit of an alternate rock vibe to a section of the song. At least in my opinion, it sounds like alternate rock. Uh, so Darren Corb clearly wasn't going for this is a bossa nova track. He was yeah, going for the many still, vibes. I think part of it is that even though it's the safe part of the world, it is still a virtualized space and that has to be reflected even if it's in a much milder degree than some of the other songs. Yeah. yeah it, it is a sci-fi game after all. Indeed. Also compatible with the hum button. <laughs> because Transistor, as a reminder, has a hum button where you can just hold R2 and you have a projector pointed on your character and you are humming whatever song is in the background and that is the best feature in any game that is pretty great that is i i appreciate this <coughs> darren corb is getting too powerful his, <laughs> his songs already are hummable this and it was much. only the second game as super giant yeah. yeah darren corb is great like i'll just straight up and say it He's probably one of my favorite composers in all, all of gaming. And he doesn't have that many titles to his belt yet. Excited for Hades 2 then, I guess. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was that was a very fun surprise uh, announcement. Indeed. But 
Especially since it's the first direct sequel. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how they do. I mean, it is Hades is by far and away their biggest hit. So, yes, doesn't absolutely. really surprise me that that's the one that gets the sequel. Yes. Paya 2 would have been the real surprise. That would have been. I don't know anyone who's actually played that except maybe you. Did you play that? I sure did. Okay, well, you are now the only person I know who's played it. I'll take that honor. I think I own it, but I never touched it. And you know what else is an underrated game? The Last Remnant. Mm. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Um, it's it's a good game, and I think people who played it know it's a good game. But it's not going on anyone's best of list, I don't think. Yeah, no, I just said underrated, not amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the general critical consensus around it is accurate. Whatever, you know what, moving on. Limber Lost is a good song. Um, I picked this one before at some point in the past. I have no idea what episode. Possibly I field do. themes. Good, please enlighten me. That was in Music Arcade episode 2 when we were picking uh, winter songs and the counterpoint a little. This was the song you picked. You literally picked the, the same song for the same theme. Okay. See what I meant before we recorded <laughs> when I say you were going to get mad at something? Yeah, I am, but, um, so I actually can defend myself here. Yeah, that feeling of deja vu you mentioned earlier, it has levels, apparently. I, um, I have a defense for this. Go on. So this was not actually my first pick for this episode. This was an emergency backup pick. Because I ran into an issue where my first pick, which was supposed to be the, like, beach-like planet in Rogue, I uh, in Rogue Galaxy, um, that song is just not on the soundtrack. Oh. I listened to the entire soundtrack of Rogue Galaxy last night. Every single song, at least a minute in, and that song that I was looking for never showed up. At all. It doesn't seem to exist. You know what? I, I know that feeling because one of my picks coming up... I had the same issue, and I had yeah. to just swap for another song in the same game. So and I, I had a different issue that made me listen to an entire soundtrack. Nice. But I'll come back to it a bit later. So, with Limber Lost, I'm like, okay, well, now I just desperately need a summary theme, and I'm out of ideas, and, like, I don't want to put the obvious Final Fantasy choices, like, you know, like, uh, Costa del Sol or Vama a la Flamenco. Like, there are so many obvious choices, and I'm just like, can I not do a Final Fantasy episode today? I mean, I know, I know Last Remnant is at least adjacent to that franchise. I get it. There's certainly no shortage of crossover, and composer Tsuyoshi Sakito is a disciple of and bandmate of Nobuo Uematsu, so, like, we're not that far off, so maybe I should have gone with the more obvious choice. But that was just the one that popped into my head, and frankly, the last Remnant's beach theme is actually, like, really dreary and dour on account of the emotional crap that's going on while you're listening to it. Look, this was a last-minute pick. I'm throwing my hands up and going, like, nothing about this works. I'm fine moving on. I don't really have anything to yeah. add to this. It's a good song. It is a good song. That's why I don't really have any complaint. I just find it funny that it came twice for the same reason. It wasn't supposed to. I wanted Rogue Galaxy. But damn, that soundtrack. That explains a lot about why this song is in here, because I didn't feel like it was uh, particularly tropical. I it is very summery, with... though. Yes, and I feel the theme was supposed to be summery instead of tropical. 
it's column A and column B. I'm, I'm, yeah. I let's... will come back to that distinction a little bit later, because I do have some things to say about that. Fair then enough. I think other tracks will help push my point forward a bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I apologize for this one, but it's a good song, so hopefully no one's complaining. Let's go ahead and talk about something that we haven't talked about before. Hopefully. As Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, especially the PvP activity. That's a PvP song? It really doesn't sound like it. Yeah, well, it's so... an Assassin's Creed PvP song. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, uh, between the... Uh, between Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Assassin's Creed 4, they had a PvP uh, activity where the central focus of the activity was supposed to be social stealth. Right. Uh, the map would be filled with characters that looked exactly like all of the player characters. Mm -hmm. and you could just join into their animations and hide in plain sight and just kill your target because you get a specific player to kill. And mm -hmm. you would just kill your your target without them realizing we're there. Th that was what it was supposed to be. In the end, everyone just parkour and jumped from the from from rooftops to kill everyone. And yeah, it was... just became a deathmatch. Yeah, which uh, is funny because in Genshin Impact there is currently uh, an even game mode that's back called Wind Trace, which is essentially supposed to be hide and seek, chase the other characters. But some people use uh, social uh, stealth instead, uh, doing things like sitting calmly at a table or just picking the most drab character possible and uh, pretending they are amongst the NPCs. Well, that's ironic, I think. Indeed. But uh... yeah... Uh... With that in mind, this song was clearly composed for what they meant the PvP to be like, because uh, at least in my brief experience trying out the PvP, the beat of the song matches fairly well to the rhythm of the folks, uh, the NPCs walking around, like their footsteps kind of hit exactly on the beat sometimes, uh, depending on the track. Uh, so it has a bit of that uh, sort of anxious vibe of you are being hunted, you know, don't know by whom, in, and you supposedly don't know where they are, though if you look at the rooftops, you will find them. Uh, but it also has room for uh, some tropical vibes after a weirdly long intro for a three-minute three song. Um, yeah, it sounded it, like the song actually that... kind of starts like an actual intro at about 30 seconds in. It takes a yeah, while to warm up. It has like 30 seconds of just ambient sounds and then 30 seconds of intro and you yeah. then only get two minutes of actual music, but it does use that acoustic guitar to good effect in my it opinion. It does. It's a very good seafaring song. Um, So, I made a comment on here that it sounds like a crossover between Vala Ala Flamenco from Final Fantasy IX and Chrono Cross's soundtrack in a lot of ways. Certainly the best parts of both. I heard elements of both of those compositions in here. Hmm. I haven't played Chrono Cross in ages, so I cannot comment on that. 
but I, I think I can kind of yeah I, uh, I think I can kind of see where you're coming from though. Uh, the little I remember was from the sort of tropical area from Chrono Cross, and uh, well, Valhalla Flamenco is basically flamenco, which is inspired by Spanish music, as right. is this, because this is the the song for the Havana map. So there's probably some shared DNA there in being inspired by the same thing. Yeah. At least that's my best guess. Well, meanwhile, I'm just thinking that uh, I have definite proof that I thought of this episode as more of a summer episode than a tropical one because I didn't pick tropical tracks. Meanwhile, I mostly pick tropical tracks. No, so... I mean tropical, the game, the tropical. Caribbean yeah. island dictator simulator. I, I thought about it, but then I went, nah, you know what, Monkey Island is the, the better obvious pick. That, and you're also Sometimes. on a, we will talk about this later, kick. Yeah. But yeah, tropical was one of the, one of those, this is an obvious pick, I will go for it, but then I went, you know what, if I'm doing an obvious pick, Monkey Island is better. But anyway, that's another game. Yep. Uh, I, have I nothing will else say, to one of Rana's, like, I, as we were developing this list, one of Rana's cut songs, I kind of wish I, I, I stole that one. Like, sometimes the idea is just too obvious and I don't think of it, and then I realize we're not actually going to talk about it yet. Mm, was it Memories of Dust? Of course it was. Yep. <laughs> Got it in one. Sometimes you'll know one another so well it, it uh, scares me. Well, this one was kind of like... That's one of those songs that's kind of so me it hurts. Because I, I talk about these soundtracks a lot. Anyway, this is not really relevant to this conversation. Um, yeah, I think we can make it if we transition to the next, because that's the point where I want to talk about what I feel is the difference between a summer track and a tropical track. Okay, sure. Go on ahead. Because I kept that difference in mind. I had a lot of cool desert track and a lot of cool tropical track in mind. And uh, I picked a, f a few, but uh, I mean, I, at least I picked a Sandbox because that's immediately what came to mind. But right. then... I thought about this idea of summer and I hit kind of a roadblock completely because I think part of it is that in a lot of games, seasons are a non-factor. Right. And winter doesn't really have that problem because there's often the snow area and it works as a winter standing. But then there's the rest of the world that's not snow and that is kind of seasonless even if in practical term the trees are leafy and rich and uh, the grass is green and the sun is shining bright but it's not summer as a theme it's more like the absence of season and so i feel like having games having scenes in games and in particular music that expresses summer as its own identity is very difficult. I was a bit harsh thinking of it at first, but then I thought about 
what are the main summer activities and one of the main summer activity is to go in, uh, enjoy vacation some other hot place <laughs> if you have the means which is why there is this kind of crossover between tropical and summer music because a lot of people go to the tropics in the middle of summer so this identity is kind of complicated in that way but uh, one game and uh, one music uh, in that game that uh, kind of uh, escapes that is uh, one of the music for summer nature's crescendo in stardew valley uh, ost and as a brief aside i am kind of annoyed about the title of that track because crescendo means something is currently rising and that's the spring's identity not summer's when it's summer it's already high up and also that track doesn't have that much of a crescendo in it it's just which is good because that means it's a better summer track than a spring track so title bad music good fair enough um i'm not sure i agree that it's not tropical and Mostly because it's got the harmony of the drum bell in there. And the drum bell is, like, widely associated with um, Jamaica and with tropical islands like that. So I'm not really sure I agree with that. I mean, I, I definitely agree with your analysis, but not your overall assessment. I think this works just fine as a tropical, and I didn't find it to be... I think it's interesting to contrast it with a track that I picked during the episode 2 of Music Arcade, which was, which was when uh, a tropical island in Stardew Valley just released. Ah. And so, while both have this hot atmosphere vibe, the, uh, uh, the Ginger Island track is much more heavy on things like the uh, Brazilian steel drums and the likes, mm -hmm. while this one is much milder on that front and more about kind of a it's an active track it's uh, especially compared to uh, the s relatively slow pace of the game at time this has this kind of jolly feeling of just enjoying a warm day without a cloud in the sky and uh, doing whatever you have to do that day with a head that's pleasant instead of crushing. I, I I get what you're going for. I do still agree with Gil that this does track as a, a a tropical song to me still. Though I do have an issue with the song that is different from that, and it's uh, it's very much a personal issue, which is I don't like this song and songs like this uh you mentioned it sounding jolly i don't like jolly songs <laughs> and yes that means i hate most christmas songs and I... the goth eddie is coming out and you claim you're not one last week huh did i took the words right bit. out of my mouth you you said you were an old goth, but you also kind of implied when you said you were a goth when you were younger that you weren't one anymore. And like you were shying away from that, but here comes the curmudgeon just in full curmudgeon mode. 
Okay, to be clear, what I meant is I was a teenager goth, and now I am an old goth. There's a slight difference. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's uh, Pokemon Evolution. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm not averse to happy songs, to be clear. It's... <laughs> It's just... It's not that I hate happiness as a concept. No. I just hate happy people. <laughs> that's that's not what I was about to say. I know. That's why it's funny to pretend you were. Ah, I'm be being bullied by my co-host. Well, <laughs> uh, But yeah, uh, as I was saying, I, I'm not against like uh, happy songs. I enjoy a lot of very happy songs. But uh, when oh, well, you certain... can't say any example right now. <laughs> Honestly, if I had Spotify open, I probably could. Uh, I just suck at remember song titles. But um, okay, new challenge, Rana. Can you actually let him finish a sentence without making fun of him? Can I? Can you? I don't. I don't think you can. <laughs> let's find out. So let's try this for the third time. Um, <laughs> So, the, the issue I have is with songs that are this happy, this jolly. Because to my mind, what I feel when I listen to this is like someone pinching my face and trying to force a, smi uh, a smile at my face. It is way too jolly. It's like those Christmas songs that are like, it's time to be happy. Like, I don't care. Uh, it's not against the song, again, to be clear. I think the entire uh, Stardew Valley soundtrack is well composed. It's just really not my thing. Was that your entire point? Yes. Good, I'm glad I had to interrupt you. <laughs> No, no, I can, I can definitely get uh, all joking aside. The feel that uh, something can be a bit too, too merry, to be honest, sort of. Yeah, but I don't feel this uh, strikes the bar for me. Maybe because after, um, I mean, part of it is that I think it's the first song I, you generally hear during summer. Which means that when you first hear it, it's actually a pretty great time because uh, you just got your big cash in at the end of spring and it's time to go get all of your seeds and plant a lot and brace for the whole season and get busy, get active like that. And so you don't really have to be dragged in something you'd naturally want to do anyway. Which means that it's a great accompaniment. I I don't remember because uh, I've played Stardew Valley, uh, not not as much as most people who do, but I've played a fair bit. I don't remember what my reaction was. I don't think it was like particularly strong, at the very least. I, I think at the time I I thought this song was just ah eh, it's okay it it, it exists. Uh, I think it's listening to it in a vacuum, because, like you said, in the game, yes, it is. I... It is that time where you are meant to be happy in the game, and you will feel happy for you know the extra income, right? But 
in a vacuum, to me, it sounds like forced cheeriness. I don't really get that, but uh, it's interesting that uh, there's a difference of point of view in there. Because even for the discrete part, it's not something that uh, that uh, I feel I have taken notice of that track even during the game. Because uh, after 30 days of having the previous soundtrack, the fact that the music changes to underline the passing of seasons is uh, very notable. Uh, one thing it uh, does uh, kind of uh, involve, but that's uh, a bit of a complaint I have, but that is way beyond the scope of the game, is that uh, summer can be a little bit one note when we have the summer track or the summer tracks that don't really have, uh, that are kind of interchangeable. And uh, that's, that can be felt very differently. I say that because I remind myself of uh, a very sweet uh, video by uh, one Hazel about uh, what was titled The Anime Countryside, in which uh, the host recounted her experience uh, first uh, about the depiction of uh, countryside summer in uh, several anime and then concluded that none of them corresponded to her midwestern experience because what she felt and eventually found uh, one anime depicting was that uh, that sun can be not just a pleasant accompaniment but if, especially if you don't really have the means and the aircon refuge and the likes, can be something that's very crushing and very exhausting. And I didn't refer to that in any of my picks because that's just not something I can remember seeing depicted anywhere. I think you would look for like straight up desert themes for that kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. But then that's a desert music and not a summer music. Right. Which is why it's odd that something as common, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, as uh, summer can be so prevalent yet so discreet. That's why I'm, I'm referring to the absence of season and uh, how it's not really often a theme. The only game I remember stating it was uh, one of its theme that didn't also have a complete passing of season like Stardew Valley was Atelier Riza. And then I listened to its soundtrack. See, we were coming to that after all. Uh -huh. And I just didn't really find anything in there that transcended me. Or, I don't know, it just didn't really give any summer vibes, in, even though it was one of the aesthetic themes from the get-go. Which is a bit disappointing, because I'd love to have shoved in more Atelier in there. Atelier is becoming Rise one of those series summer. that you just want to shove in every episode, it seems like. Hey, at least it's not, it's not Sakuraba. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh... Sakuraba arcade hits again. Actually, no. Uh, looking at this list, I don't think he shows up at all. I think we actually dodged him this week. Somehow. 
Oh then, let's move on to some equally summary situation involving ninjas. Involving ninjas, and uh, ninjas' favorite pastime, hanging out on the beach and playing volleyball, except not actually this time. Okay, so, um, I've exactly. talked about- Exactly, it is not a theme from Venus Vacation. No, it isn't. Thank God. Um... Hey, the opening music uh, from, uh, Vin uh, from, uh, Beach Extreme Beach Volleyball 2 is extremely catchy. I, I mean, I've... I don't think I've played any of them, but I re seem to recall hearing them. Anyway, <laughs> Me neither. On. Well, I mean, what? <laughs> I will just flat out admit the main reason I didn't play the most recent one is I don't want to set up a location emulator. <laughs> like, also, it's Getcha, so... Yeah, also it's Getcha, which is not great. Yes. Uh, and it cut, like, most of my favorite characters for the franchise. And what re replaced one with a look-alike with a completely different name, but I'm just like, why? Yeah, and it's honestly not very good at theory. Uh, well, I, I, Venus Vacation seems pretty crap, but I've heard actually, like, good gameplay things about Extreme 2. I don't have much good memories about the gameplay and progression of it. Okay. But... Anyway, um, as you can tell by this tangent, um, we're talking DOA again. Kind of. Yes. There's about 40 asterisks after this because we're not actually at all. Um, but a couple of characters from Dead or Alive do cross over into Dynasty Warriors games fairly often, actually. They like crossing those two series over, and frankly, I think it fits pretty well. I wouldn't mind it if they it actually does. did, like, a full DOA spinoff that was just a Dynasty Warriors game at this point. That would actually be pretty fun. Um, if it worked on another set of ninjas, it can work on them. Pretty much. Which set of ninjas are we talking about this time? Samurai and Kagura. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that, those are good games, mostly. Kind of-ish. Yes, no, somewhere, anyway. Yeah, there was... I think there was one pretty decent game, and the rest was not so good. I liked the two versus games a lot. It says a lot about uh, the differences between us, that when you said set of ninjas, I could only think of the ninjas from Mortal Kombat, which are like <laughs> a dozen of them. Yes, that's another kind of ninja. There isn't a single ninja in Mortal Kombat, they're all Chinese. Give us the Scorpion v Venus Vacation already, call it. <laughs> oh god! Moving on! Oh. Abort topic! Abort topic! <laughs> anyway... Hot. Um, so... I'm going to be honest, I, you know, I talked about this during our fighting game episode. I do play DOA. I just played it wrong the whole time because I made Bayman until 5, and he's a big dude. So I definitely have respect for DOA as a fighting game franchise. Nothing else plays like it, nothing else feels like it, and they are pretty much universally fun, and they do actually care about the narrative, even if a lot of the marketing Absolutely. and side games just don't make that clear a lot of the time. But um, one of the things you start learning is when you're actually playing the mainline DOA games, these characters actually treat their situation very seriously, and take it very seriously, and the narrative is actually fairly, like, serious and tragic. So when you have these, like, beach volleyball moments, they always seem a little weird, but the intention is obvious. These characters are gorgeous, and they're going to, you know, that that's that's the obviously the selling point. And in 
Yeah, the beach vacation moments are a little bit like the Mario Kart moment. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, which brings me to a bit of meta commentary about the franchise that occurs in Warriors of RG3 that always put a big smile on my face. So Warriors of RG3 is this big crossover Dynasty Warriors game where there's just all of this nonsense going on. Um of actual fight to the death. Characters actually do die, and you have to use time travel to save them a lot of the time. Um, and sure enough, our first crossover, our first one and a half, and I say a half because Ryu Hayabusa also has his own series that isn't DOA, but at this point, he's pretty associated with DOA as well. Our first one and a half um, DOA crossover characters are actually, like, really serious characters. Not that you'd know it, yeah. because when you're in Haseido, I think it was Haseido, and all of a sudden you round the corner and you're on the beach and there's surfboards sticking out of the sand and a volleyball net. Yeah, and modern buildings. And modern buildings. Um, all of a sudden, Yoshitsune ends up picking a fight with DOA's Ayane, who is one of the more well-known fan service characters, and also one of the more tragic in story. Again, not that casual people would know that, necessarily. And they, yeah, she is a very straight-laced character. She is an extremely straight-laced character. So when Got they get to, to fighting... to the TV Tropes page uh, story and gameplay segregation there. Oh yeah, big time. So when Yoshitsune Miyamoto, one of the great heroes of all-time Japan, and Ayane from Dead or Alive get into a fight, she takes it super seriously. Meanwhile, he gets distracted by the fact that she's dressed skimpily and she basically kicks his ass as a result. I find this scene incredibly funny, but also incredibly... Go on. Distraction successful. And entirely unintentional, too, because she's clearly not doing it on purpose. She's in a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's the one who has a problem with cleavage. Yeah. Um, but the thing that happens is when this starts, Ayane's theme, which is the song I picked here, Teu Teu, from Warriors of T3, starts kicking up, and it is a remix of one of the songs from DOA, though it's much more of a remix than Kasumi's theme, which I talked about in a later episode, which in a previous episode was. This one's definitely a lot bouncier, a lot more fun. It sounds very Warriors Energy. Like, they, they really technoed yes. it up. Whereas Hirohiro but... is a lot more, is a lot closer to the DOA um, composition. And I really appreciate the fact that I really take note of that because it fits extremely well in the game. Oh, it absolutely does. She was, an, she was a standout character for me. You know, I, I, I mentioned this, um, you know, I, again, going back to the fighting game episode, it took Warriors Energy for me to actually get Kasumi and Ayane as characters. Because I mentioned they were mostly well known for just the fan service aspect of DOA, the drastically overplayed. I'm sorry? And you play Bayman story mode. I played anyway. Bayman story mode, yeah. Um, but it was Ayane and Ryu here, and then Kasumi in Ultimate, along with uh, Rachel and Momiji, I think it was, from Ninja Gaiden, who also cross over to DOA quite a bit. There's a lot of crossover between these three series, which, again, I appreciate. Yeah. Um, that uh, we end up in kind of this situation where it took this game for me to actually understand them as characters and actually be okay with them in DOA because even I fell into they're just fan service trap fans or sorry they're just fan service trap characters they're what, what do you call them thirst traps 
even I fell into that mindset despite being a longtime DOA player. Um, and I'm going to be honest, this song actually helped with that because it sets the mood. And her opening fight with Yoshitsune sets the mood. And, like, yes, the beach elements are there, but utterly not played up, except in the music, which just sounds like this really fun beach party while you're still beating the crap out of hundreds of mooks because it's a Dynasty Warriors game and mooks must die. That's what you do. That is what Especially you do. Especially in this one. Mm-hmm. And I also remember that one's actually kind of one of the harder stages because it's really easy to lose officers up towards the top when you're getting towards the boss. Yeah, and it's a large map full of winding paths. It is. It is. And, you know, the fact that this song is fun and bouncy, but also tense enough to make sense during a fight like that really works in its favor. It's a really great Musou song as a result. It is a really great song. I like this one a lot. I have for a while. And when this episode started coming up, I'm like, man, fun of the beach plus just mayhem. That works for yeah. me. I, I could go for that. So this one was one of my easier picks. We love a good surprise pitch. Mm-hmm. Eddie, any thoughts? Or are you just staying out of the way on this one? I I was waiting on the, the whole talk about things I don't understand, to be honest. Which is both DOA and uh, Warriors Orgy. Uh, never played either of those franchises. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't think I have much to say about this song. It uh, It's one of those, it's well written, but it's from a genre I don't enjoy, and this is not one of the exceptions. Yeah, and I feel like, uh, I mean, like we said, it accompanies the gameplay very well, so listening to it on its own, there's uh, not that accompanying uh, aspect to it that uh, can be easily... Yeah. I think there there is a certain public who would love to listen to this on on its own. Like Galen said, it does give that that vibe of a of a party. Uh, I'm I'm sure some people would love to listen to to this in a party. Uh, it's just a genre I am not into, uh, so it's hard for a song to get me interested when it's in one of those genres. But uh, I cannot say the song is badly badly made. It's well-produced, well-composed, the remix is cool. Like, uh, I, I don't have much to say on this one. Fair enough, I guess. Um, well, let's move on to something you will definitely have a lot to say about. Thanks to Rana, and I'm blaming Rana entirely for this, you've been playing a lot of Civ 6 lately, haven't you? Have you guys heard that I'm from Brazil and that Brazil is in civilization? Because <laughs> I have. I... I, I may have played a few too many turns as uh, Pedro II. Uh, so yeah. Um, I already apologized to the many Lost Towers. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for those not in the know, uh, Rana gave me the game as a Christmas gift and uh, thank you again, by the way. Welcome. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, my, my initial... This is uh, when I said uh, I was looking for one track, but it was in the soundtrack and so I had to pick another song. This is the game I was talking about, because I wanted the Ancient Era Brazil uh, track, but it's not in the album, uh, so we have ah. the Medieval Era, but they kind of serve the same point, too, to be honest, and um, which is, this game really gets the different civilizations' identities right, uh, and it 
mostly does not fall into uh, stereotype territory. Uh, it yeah, has like some covers of thing... actual Go on. Yeah, like one thing that's pretty clear about the game and the more you dive into uh, uh, production videos and behind the scenes and the likes, they do their, their research. Yeah. Yeah, long gone are, are the days where civilizations were just a caricature of their most famous leader in the Sid Meier Civilization franchise. They are very much uh, deeply researched now. But uh, being I'm from... Chosen. Yeah, I particularly love the, the deep cuts in some of the faction leaders on this Yeah, I think game. my point is more to the like that uh, we it is a far cry, no pun intended, towards the next track uh, from uh, Civilization 4 in which there was a playable Joseph Stalin. <laughs> Ish. Indeed. Ooh, that is, um, oof. Christopher Tin, the composer for Civilization Four, was doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Um, but yeah, uh, in Civilization Six, this, uh, this amount of research clearly extends to the music as well, uh, which includes even some covers of very fam famous songs. There's a, a Brazilian song that Pretty much every Brazilian knows, and I'm sure a lot of people from outside Brazil also know, but just don't know the name, called Tico uh, Tico no Fubá, which uh, is one of the songs that plays for uh, Brazil. But uh, I believe the medieval era, which is the song we have here, uh, is entirely original, or at least it's inspired by a lot of different songs at the same time. Well, I do have a note. And that the early yep. guitar melody sounds super familiar, but I can't place it. So it's entirely possible it's one of those cultural songs that I wouldn't necessarily be directly familiar with. It's also a very common uh, rhythm for both uh, samba and its offspring, Jarma Pagode, which yeah. is huge in Brazil, but not very well known outside of Brazil. Uh, so a lot of it's also like common rhythms or oh, there's a, a siren going by Ooh. someone did something naughty and the cops are are, are after them uh, so yeah a, a lot of it are just uh, well-known cultural rhythms and um, the the game uses them very well in the in the soundtrack there's a, there's even a, a term for something called uh, clave in music. Uh, in, in Portuguese, clave means something else, but I know at least in the English-speaking world, uh, clave is often a term for the different uh, syncopated rhythms of music from Latin America. And uh, a common issue uh, used to be in years past that you would hear... Uh, someone tried to compose something uh let's say it was meant to uh, represent brazil and they would throw in a clave but they wouldn't care whether that clave was actually popular in brazil or whether it came from cuba or something and again this game as far as i know 
does not fall prey to that. The rhythms are strictly from that country. The instruments being used are from that country. Uh, it really is amazing at uh, picking up the the identity of the country without being uh, a stereotype of it. Right. And this song, which mixes samba with an orchestra, actually does something that uh, might be heretical for more patriotic uh, Brazilians, but uh, it makes me like samba. I usually don't like it. And I love mm -hmm. this song. Okay, so this is the part where I make Eddie angry because I actually really don't. Um, the violins are just going crazy. It doesn't, like, I know it's for the medieval era, but, like, Civilization is usually pretty good at making things sound akin to their eras, and this time it just doesn't. This doesn't sound medieval at all. The tempo keeps speeding up. It, it, it sounds like a Final Fantasy IX town theme, and that's not a compliment. Huh. Yeah, the... I will say the, the game, at least for the civilizations I have played, which have been like half a dozen, not, not that many, uh, it, it is a bit awkward with the whole age aspect, because despite having specific themes for uh, specific eras, they don't really represent that era. They are more about the general culture of the civilization, and they just, like, they add more instruments as, as it goes along and st stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and they kind of have to finagle this way, because uh, they don't have a system like in humankind, where uh, our culture evolves and changes throughout the ages. Here it's... Uh, uh, you can have ancient era America that is different from the Low Tower tribe, <laughs> which is a different civilization altogether. You can have ancient era Egypt and ancient era uh, Arabia, and both of them actually have the exact same starting point in the real start, uh, real world map. Yes. Because they are the same civilization, different points in time. But in this game, they are different civilizations. Yeah, so you kind of have to uh, cheat your way in order to uh, make things work. Yeah, and uh, the as far as the comparison to Final Fantasy, I, I imagine it comes more from the the orchestration, if I were to guess, not really the actual samba uh, aspect, which I, th I think it's fair. I think it's fair, because uh, some of the Final Fantasy games, from what I've heard of the soundtrack since... We all know I, I'm not really that much of a Final Fantasy player. They do sometimes kind of mix and match different cultural inspirations. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, I get where it comes from. And uh, the, the orchestration part does get awkward uh, in some, some parts of, the, of this song. It's, I, I'm mostly very impressed with how well a non-Brazilian captured samba and pagode. Uh, again, yeah. samba is well known throughout the world, but it's kind of hard for people who are not from Brazil to kind of really write samba for some reason. Yeah, just like it's kind of hard for a lot of people to not look at South America and treat it as 
its own br cultural blob without any clear frontiers. I have dealt with people who thought I speak Spanish, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, another another thing it does, like I mentioned, it uh, it's sorry, biker. Yep. It's uh, it's not just samba here. It also has pagodi, which uh, is not a genre that is neither was it made for international popularity, because it's very much a thing for the common folk to just play in pubs. Um, nowadays, it's not as common because of the the internet, but back before the the internet in the eighties or even earlier even actually in the 90s uh it was very common for people to get together at a pub they would use a bar stool as a makeshift drum and they would just play pagode at the bar at the pub just like in front of the beach in copacabana there are stories of famous composers uh famous bossa nova composers who would do that their their pastime was just Going to a pub with friends and playing some samba or pagode with makeshift instruments. So pagode is a genre that Brazilians know very well, and we also know very well how it got commercialized. Uh, it kind of got the uh, the Bahaman treatment over time, <laughs> but uh, originally pagode was very much a common folk uh, style of music that came from samba. And not many outside of Brazil know of it, but clearly the Civilization Six guys know because they added it, uh, aspects of it into the soundtrack. And, and it's I can respect that. And it's actually super funny you say that, given that as a Civilization gameplay-wise, Brazil is kind of that style, but mostly leans towards culture victory which involves in this game getting uh, more tourism than every other civilization combined essentially meaning that you do have to play up the uh, things that export well card uh, but that's an aspect that's the least present of all in the medieval era where you already are settled but don't really have the touristic payoffs yet yeah, I, so I, I don't know if it's intentional, I'd be surprised if it is, but it's funny to note that uh, it can be a part of it. Yeah, I, I think they they might have done it uh, intentionally. I have no proof for this, this is just me conjecturing. But, okay, uh, if you can let me amend, I think that if they have done it intentionally, it would be more in the sense of let's amp up the samba in the later era and then we have that other style that we can put in there where it's less relevant instead of let's put this because this is less active and this because this is more world worldly yeah and uh what i what makes me think that it might be intentional that is that uh, i mentioned before there's a famous song called tiku tiku no fuba that they added a sort of a cover in this game and if i recall correctly that actually plays in the later ages so yeah. there might be something to that idea 
Yeah, exactly. And hmm. in that direction, I can definitely see that being a thing. God, it's so fascinating being an outsider looking at this, because I'm just trying to judge the song on its own merits, and I came to a completely different conclusion than people who know both the game and the history behind the music. I almost feel bad for taking History's it to task. Heavy stuff. Well, we've all had uh, pretty different takes on at least a few songs today, so uh, we're all learning, I, I guess. I like that. But uh, I have Summer is a season of many reflections, indeed. Apparently it is, but I haven't finished with my Rapping for Brazil bit yet. Despite the next game being set in the legally distinct from Cuba country. Yeah, I was about to say, I yes. thought this was more an island thing than a Brazil thing, but go for it. It, it is. I mean, it's, it's easier this way to uh, set a limit to the samba. Here's the thing, though. The composer is called Pedro Bronfman. If you know anything about Brazil, you know the name Pedro is very common in Brazil. The it's like Brazilian. the leader of uh, the uh, Brazilian civilization in Civ 6 is called Pedro himself. Yeah, and he's the son of the guy who claimed dependence, who was called Pedro the First. So Who's you know, his name Pedro the Second. Exactly. So you know, <laughs> it all checks out. It, it's a fairly common name in Brazil, and that's because uh, this composer is Brazilian. Uh, okay. And I, in fact. We have a song in French that starts with the lyric Pedro va au Brésil, which can ah. be pretty easily guessed uh, as to what that means. I'm guessing so this is Pedro probably from Brazil? written at one of the points where France and, and Portugal were going at it, I'm guessing. I don't remember the full lyrics of the song, and I hope it isn't... The kind of very problematic uh, popular ancient songs. <laughs> so I will continue to remain in blissful ignorance, if that's fine with all of you. That is fair. I, was, I was about to school you on Pedro the First, but okay. No, please that's, do. Because uh, Pedro, Pedro the First was actually the son of the uh, Portuguese emperor. Uh, I believe it was João the Sixth. And uh, the imperial family went back to Portugal, and Pedro I was ordered to go back with them. And instead he went, nope, I'm claiming independence, and I'm the emperor of Brazil. Suck it. So, if there's a, song, uh, a, a folk song talking about Pedro from Brazil, or Pedro going to Brazil, or something like that, going. it could be about this. It could be about this yeah. event. And then I looked at possible lyrics, and the first picture I see is a video thumbnail of the most Brazilian thing ever. Can you guess what it is? That's right, it was a cactus with a moustache and a sombrero giving a thumbs up. How very Brazilian. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame this isn't a video-based show, because I, you guys would be seeing my sombrero right now. I am legally obliged to wear it every time. Every time true, I'm doing true. something. Uh, yeah, it's sombrero, that uh, Brazilian Spanish word, right? Yeah, yeah. God, it hurts. It it hurts even me. And I'm the token American. 
good news though, I looked at the lyrics, it's just about uh, learning to dance samba. Okay. Huh. That's... That's chill. That's chill enough. Yes. Chill. What isn't chill is this track from Far, Far Cry 6. No. That it isn't. This is, like, not tropical. I mean, it is if you know context and history of the game and, you know, industrialization, but no, this is, this is like an industrial dark wave track. Yeah, like, the heat doesn't come from the sun. It comes from fire, from things that haven't done shooting yet. The heat I was thinking come it comes from the sky. It comes from the... yeah. I was gonna say, the heat doesn't come from the skies. It comes from the ground of the Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this... Uh, firstly, just to, to finish my introduction to the... Introduction to the, the composer. Because I was Please honestly very, very interested in his career. Because traditionally, uh, there are no big-name Brazilian composers in the international circles. Uh, there are composers of classical music and of bossa nova, but soundtrack composers? Uh, I couldn't think of anyone. I even had to Google. Uh, when I picked this song, it actually came from me picking the song from uh, Civilization VI and then going, you know what would, would be cool if I could have a counterpoint of a samba track that was composed by a Brazilian? Sadly, I couldn't find one that was from a game, so whoops. Yeah. But I did find about find out about this guy who is getting a pretty big name. Um, so he's originally a film composer, movie composer, which yeah. you can kind of tell uh, yes. by the style of the Far Cry soundtrack. Uh, he got big with uh, Elite Squad, which was, I believe, the, the biggest... Brazilian movie as far as international renown goes and he worked with uh, uh, José Padilla in uh, the Robocop movie which uh, but uh, anyway I thought that movie was he, fine it wasn't great but it was fine it's at least divisive I'd say the very it is least. but yeah uh, it has its moment yeah and um and I definitely shouldn't have watched it when I was seven. Ish. Wait, which Robocop are we talking about here? Because I was talking about the, like, the, the remake with Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, no. the remake. I wasn't. I must have missed that part. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's, uh, he worked, uh, with the soundtrack on the remake, uh, of Robocop. And, um, as I continued scrolling, he has a lot of credits in international stuff. He worked in uh, uh, Narcos. He composed for at least 30 episodes, which I think it's the wow. first couple uh, seasons. That's like the first, uh, yeah. Yeah, he composed for The Story of Us with Morgan Freeman. He helped Mac, uh, in the production in Max Payne 3. And then he started going to video games. He composed for Need for Speed Heat and now Far Cry 6. <laughs> so I like uh, how you went. Maybe that wasn't intended, but I like how you went. He worked on Max Payne 3, and then he started <laughs> working on video games. 
Admittedly, the Max Payne series tends to play out like movies you have gameplay elements in. Let's just be honest yeah. here. He wasn't the main composer for Max Payne 3 either. Uh, he, w he was just like... Uh, he was a producer and he helped with some performances. But the actual composer was someone else in Max Payne 3. Uh, it was a, a band called Elf. So, hence, he technically didn't really start composing for games there. But yeah, uh, now Brazil has a big name in film and video game composing, which... I'm uh, glad we have more uh, electric green-skinned people representation. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all like Blanca. Exactly. exactly. We're all Blancas with sombreros. Yeah. Speaking Spanish. <laughs> but yeah, um... Are you okay? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, I think we may have gone a little too far bullying Eddie. Let's, let's bring it back a bit, I think. Pick on the one from the southern, southern hemisphere, it's okay. All right. That's where it caps out. Uh, <clears throat> so <clears throat> the song, <laughs> yeah, the music. Uh, uh, like I said, the the dude is a primarily a movie composer, and it comes across in the music. It's, I will admit, it's not a a song that I will remember tomorrow probably, <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate uh in this track. How he uses, I talked about Clavis uh, in the previous track, he uses uh, a syncopated rhythm here as well. I cannot tell whether it is a clave that's popular in Cuba or this fictional country that is legally distinct from Cuba, but uh, even in this song that is very electronic and very uh has a lot of pressure to it underneath it there's a, a bit of more primal take on it but there still is that more latin american beat to the song which I, I appreciate yeah and i think it's interesting that you uh, uh point out to that because that's probably what in subtle ways how that track has kind of blend together the cinematic feel with uh, the fact that it's kind of um, pushing the action forward and uh, it's leading you on but in this kind of unique ways that you don't hear in a lot of tracks so well I do have uh, claims as to how summary it is and I would argue in fact that it isn't it is still remains interesting on a more tropical feel because of that uh, composition, because of those aspects you've mentioned. It is definitely not summary, unless by summer you m mean a war of uh, Molotov cocktails. I, I clearly was the one who saw this episode as tropical vibes. <laughs> um... Whereas I actually have a slightly different take on what it sounds like. I, I mentioned this a couple of times, but, um... I know both... Does it sound like Final Fantasy as well? No, this one actually manages to avoid that. <laughs> it would be hilarious <laughs> if it did. It would I be. Would, 
really I would really want to listen to the Final See? Fantasy track that sounds like this. See, I don't just bully Eddie. Good. Thank you. You're uh, an equal opportunity bully. But um so there is especially recently in Latin America a massive push towards industrialization. Um and that's what this sounds like to me. This sounds like a borderline ill-fated attempt or ill-advised attempt at building 800 gajillion factories to transform their economy outside of like a outside of a so-called banana republic. Interesting. Um I haven't played the game so I don't know how close to the plot you might be. There's only one well, plot I element I know about. The track... There's only one plot element I know about the game, and it's a massive spoiler. I actually found myself mentioning it the other day, uh, and that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So maybe, but um... what I can tell you about that track is that it's named the Sword. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, this character uh, La Espada, not general or lieutenant, but basically a uh, secondary villain to the the main the main boss in this in this game so this might be the theme to this character is she female because espada is a female noun is it a male character i, I have no idea i like to think everyone regardless of gender can be a sword this is fair. Because that's equality. Swords for everyone. Swords for everyone. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably reading too much into this, but I'm I'm hearing the industrial stuff and not really the violent stuff in it. So that's I my kind of. I may or may not look into the game after we record and see how right we were because we do. Mention how often we are oracles in the show. Okay, so I don't want to say that this is necessarily an oracle thing. It could be the exact opposite. And that is, a few months ago I did, a few months ago I did read, like, the Far Cry 6 TV Tropes page. Ah, um, ah. So it's possible I'm just remembering something from that, and that's why I'm getting that inspiration. So I'm just throwing that out there, that I don't think this one's me reading between the lines. If I am right, and if I'm not, then whatever. I think this one, if, if I'm on the money on this one, it could be because I remember reading something about it. Just throwing that it out there. would explain the plot point you said you were spoiled on. Yes, and that's where I was spoiled on it, but that's the plot point that actually, like, stood out. Oh, wait, this character actually lived through that nonsense? I'm impressed. Yes, now then, on another topic, Galen, explain yourself. Okay, so Arknights had the, uh, its first summer event three years ago now. Oh my god, this game has gotten old. Um, Heart of Surging Flame, colloquially known as the Obsidian Festival. You know what actually screams summer to me? Music festivals. I'm not joking at all. Vakken Open Air, Hellfest. These big, just arena open air shows. And that's actually the excuse behind the Obsidian Festival, and specifically this song. 
I think what you say is going right into what I was saying around the Stado Valley points about how summer is experienced very differently from people to people. Yeah. And that fits right in. Yeah. So when I started thinking about this episode, I just immediately am like, wait, I probably see the majority of heavy metal shows during the summer. And I know a lot of the heavy metal, like, open-air concert footage from, again, from, like, Vakken and Hellfest are in the summer. And this is actually, like, yeah. a really kind of summer thing. However, it's not yeah, particularly I mean... tropical, and I will tell you why. Hard rock and heavy metal does not exist on Hawaii at all. I was surprised when I heard Oof. one metal band actually exist looking for a singer. One! I've heard enough reggaeton, please save me, I need to headbang again. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's gotta be rough. It's a little at, bit at rough. Yeah, I can definitely see the point uh, on uh, music festivals. I mean, where else are you going to uh, pass out from a heat stroke between two outhouses? And now all of a sudden I'm remembering Woodstock 99. Um, for those of you who don't know what that's a reference to, oh my god, there's a lot of fire on that one. Uh, there was a massive riot. I, I heard the tales. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's what, uh, that was the, also in the summer. The the Molotov cocktail talk hasn't ended yet. <laughs> no, it really hasn't. Um, so yeah, I I I will admit that I did kind of like. I guess I want to live sort of in the Arknights world, a little bit, specifically the part of the Arknights world where a tropical island getaway can hold a music festival featuring a heavy metal band like Alive Until Sunset, a rapper like Emperor, and an EDM superstar like DDD. Because I live in a tropical island vacation land, and this is not a thing that exists. And I will need to fly to the mainland to headbang. And Arknights does that better than we do, and that makes me very sad. That's valid. Yeah. M man, at least we have Sepultura. <laughs> yes, you at least have Sepultura, but you also have places you can drive to. Unfortunately, like... Tour buses can't really get from here to the mainland, gotta be honest. I mean, I think the Diablo Swing Orchestra has uh, Brazilian band members. Uh, the Transiberia Orchestra, you say? No, the Diablo Swing Orchestra. Oh, I, I don't know their members. I've yeah. I've heard some of their stuff. I I think Rana was the one who turned me on to them. Um, Likely. Yeah. So, yeah, um... Uh, yeah, I definitely, again, this, this Arknights pick is not a joke, and I think my, like, statement on the subject should make that very clear. As to the song itself, this is just a genty heavy metal track. It It isn't really all that special, and I'm not even sure I like it all that much, necessarily. Though this is the better of them. Uh, funny enough, the vocal version of both this song and the next one is sung by Christina V, and she is just not a metal singer. She is just not a metal singer. At the very least, I... Happens to the best of us. Mm -hmm. At the very least, I'd say this song is... Uh, it, it's some nice material to just leave in the background while you're working on something. Uh, yeah. Or setting up your tower defense. Or that. Oh, stun uh, snipers. <laughs> I would... Uh, I would say that it doesn't really reward a focused listen very much. No. No, I would agree with that. 
I, I definitely think this one wins in concept more than execution. Nice idea. A nice idea. Yeah. Yeah, and we like a very good excuse to have a little bit of metal in there. And now I'll just cry for a minute to uh, Rock and Rio becoming more of a pop festival than a rock festival. Oh no. And for the record, in case it wasn't obvious, if I ever go on a big cruise line, the only one I'm going on is 70,000 tons of metal. This should be no surprise to anybody. Oh yeah, no, that checks yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything, anything less. Yeah. I mean, boats have been created for that. That's the culmination point. Right? That's why they literally haven't made any boats since then. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate, but okay. Oh, let's go to a song... Let's go from a song that only makes sense in context to a song that doesn't even make sense in context. At all. I hate this song. I hate it. I hate it, Rena. I hate it. Why did you pick this song? I picked this song because I don't hate it. And because it feels like a great embodiment of uh, the intersection between tropical and summer. The summer vacation on a tropical island from a soundtrack that already by kind of a base level has these bosa influences, has these uh, uh, kind of summary vibe in the normal gameplays. And I'm talking about the Mario series and about Super Mario Sunshine. Hot take. Which is about as summary as you can it's get. It's about as summary as it gets. Hot take number one. I think this is a better game than Super Mario 64. That is... A take? I like it better. I Not do. that I agree or disagree with. I have a hard time ranking them against each other, honestly. Because it uh, Sunshine tried to do a lot of things. Not all of them successful, but I can definitely respect the fact that it tries a lot of things. It does. I haven't, I haven't owned a Nintendo console since the Super Nintendo, so I'm sending this one out. Hot take number two, Van Galen. Hot take number two is that this song is bad. It doesn't start that way. Like, if you're just listening to the guitars, it's really nice. Those opening guitars are actually, like, really chill, really cool. And then the synth flute comes in, and 20 years later, that flute still annoys me. Alrighty. And then it gets worse. Because then the Yoshi drums come in. And the Yoshi drums sound awful on this track. They're too loud, they overpower the mix, and they're a little off the beat in a way that just makes the whole thing just feel wrong. It makes me, like, physically queasy. I have a negative, a active, physical reaction to this song. I think the Yoshi drum part at least only comes up when you are, well... Riding Yoshi. Correct, but when you're listening to it on a soundtrack like this and making notes on it, they're very present, very prevalent, and I want them to shut up and go away. This is where you dump Yoshi into a pit for a free double jump, and I know that's more of a Super Super Mario thing, but it's all, all but it's the right move here. Save my to, ears from this disaster, please. To bring back my TED talk about Brazil songs earlier. I I don't think that's a clave. I think that's just that, that's just out of out of sync. But yeah, I I I've never had strong feelings about the song. Uh, neither 
positive nor negative. Uh, it's catchy. It very, is catchy. Very catchy. Yes, it uh, is catchy. But I, I agree with that point about the the Yoshi uh, drums. They they are too loud in the mix. They're way too loud. Yeah, at the very least. Okay, let's put the Yoshi drums aside. <laughs> the guitar is great, and, the flute's uh, bad. That's that's putting the Yoshi drums aside. Uh, so, you may like, actually, one of the things that was immediately recommended to me uh, when I uh, picked that track, which was, uh, I love Fino, but you have anxiety. <laughs> but you which have anxiety. only the start, and then it never actually goes off. Ah. Okay. Ah. You know what? That probably would be more of my jam. I probably would be a lot more favorable to that song than this version. I actually find that and other variations on that theme, theme uh, like uh, from the Wii Shop Music or Coconut Mall uh, to be very funny, but not the kind of thing I would actually listen for like half an hour. Fair. It because I actually like where it goes. Drums aside, um, like you called it a synth flute, uh, and if that's the instrument I'm thinking of, I feel it feels almost more like an accordion to me. Which obviously uh, is uh, something I have uh, national inclinations towards, being French. And I will say that it's not a very tropical instrument, for sure. No. So... That's a point against, but... No, the uh, accordion is, again, like, yes, France, and then polka, and then North Korea. That's that's the triumvirate of accordion. As a Brazilian, I know they play a lot of accordion in Argentina, but I don't think Argentina falls in the tropics. So it may be another well, case of someone looking at South America and going, that's all tropical and Spanish. No, then. I think... Um, beyond the uh, individual instruments and however they are mixed, what you cannot take away from this track is how much it sounds like uh, kind of the part of the summer vacation when you are um, in the inner court of the hotel and about to uh, sip on a terrible cocktail that you are nonetheless enjoying because at least it's cold and uh, that it uh, is a nice way to go and uh, turn a little while you are on your long chair next to the pool. Alright. That is a very vivid imagery. That is. I try. Yeah, I still don't know whether that's supposed to be an accordion or a flute. I, I, man, that synth pad is just bad. That is a bad synth pad. I, I think it's a, an accordion as well. I heard terrible flute. It doesn't make me like the song any better, but it still sounds bad. Anyway, moving on. All right, then. Let's move on to uh, the fact that while it is undoubtedly a summer vacation theme, in a way... The point is moot because for all the songs we have talked about, 
I have realized over the course of my research on this episode that summer songs, as complicated as they are to find on occasion, are a solved issue. Yeah. The perfect summer song has already been made back in 1996, back in 1986, sorry. It is as old as me. And almost as old as me. Yes. And uh, in this case, I have picked the uh, 20th anniversary box edition of the version that was from the Xbox port of the sequel, but that is a magical sound shower from the Outrun soundtrack. And after I re I was deep enough in the tank about what is summer in video game as a theme as an aesthetic, it finally hit me, of course, being a fast douche on a, on an open roof car going very fast while there's coconut breezing by. Yes, that is the perfect aesthetic and that is the perfect music from that. Yeah. I'm not a Genesis guy, but this is how you do a Genesis track mm -hmm. and this version is how you remix it on a more modern system. It's great. You it's know, really honest, good. That, that image you just conjured is not the one I expected, but uh, you were right. Yeah. That, that I tracks. am right. No, as I was listening to this song, I flat out say in the... Uh... I flat out say in the uh, in the in the Discord. Uh, what, let me see. What were my exact words here? Um, I can see why Rana said this topic begins and ends on this pick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what else is there to say? You've solved it. There's yes. a check mark it's next to this one. Everything else is a pale imitation at best. Exactly, it's incredible. Yeah, unless you honestly. are doing something completely different, like Arcanites, or even I would argue like my other Warriors Energy pick, or even like Far Cry, because like when you're actually dealing with summer and tropical vibes, this is it. You're driving along yeah. in a convertible. You got the palm trees whizzing by. You got the Spanish um, guitar, like... the synth pad, the hooky main line, the sax solo. Like, come on. Yeah. It's all here. And I wasn't even thinking about this specific track at first, but I was like, wasn't there that uh, summer uh, track that was maybe from a Monkey Boil game or something in uh, Sonic and Sega Racing Transformed? And I browsed through and that was the Outrun track and it was, oh, how does the original sound like? And then I got that uh, 20th anniversary box OST mm -hmm. with uh, the original and the remix and yep, that's it. And that's about when I wrote uh, in the Discord, uh, I think this topic has been solved. Yeah. Like, it's not often that uh, there's uh, this perfect fit to a theme, but this is it. Yep. I I just I can cannot say I disagree. It is entirely Outrun. fair. The soundtrack to your summer, all of those uh, summer hits, uh, it all circles around back into some form of distilled essence of Outrun. Mm -hmm. Someone should call those those guys who make those uh now that's what I call music albums. Make that's what I call summer and just put this song. Yeah. Twelve times just this song. 
Exactly. That's the solution. Still, I'm glad we, uh... I'm still glad we were in a position to discuss a lot of the details. A lot of these other yeah, um, lesser options. These other inferior yeah, um, options. That was such an interesting topic to research once I got into that. What forms can summer take uh, in uh, video games and in music? Because that aspect of at default becoming an aspect you want to focus on is not an easy thing to cover. It's not an easy thing to uh, research and it's not an easy thing to compose for either. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's so impressive that something did it so well. And on that note, since we've basically completed the topic, let's go ahead and move on to Music Arcade, now playing. Alright, who's got what? I'll let you start because those last two songs were my picks. Okay, well, I had uh, one I'll be, game. I'll be the second one just in advance because right. I don't have song structure to share. Well, right. uh, since last episode I only started playing one new game, my Observer Christmas special, Celeste was the winner. Um, By a fairly wide margin. This was one of the rare cases where my community didn't tie or even get close. Um, We tried, but it's Celeste. Yeah. It nearly won last year, and this is one of the few, like, repeat nominations, too. Like, very rarely do you guys nominate the same things twice in a row, even if it doesn't win. So, clearly there's a lot of enthusiasm for my community for this game, and I do understand why, even though I literally injured myself playing it. Um, <laughs> did. I did. I, my, I just smashed that jump button a little too hard with my thumb, and I ended up hurting my thumb. Um, Are you a bit recovered at least now? Oh yeah, no, I, I was fine yesterday. I just didn't have, like, Good. between errands and the fact that I left an Arcanite stream undone and on the table, and I'm like, I really need to actually finish this. Um, I didn't have a chance to play yesterday. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, it's, uh... Yeah, it's me yawning and not having enough coffee to overcome that. Uh, is what that is. Um, yeah, obviously... It's definitely more cold when it, compared to the theme. Certainly. Um, the fourth area is a lot warmer. It's, you know, got the bright or, or got the bright oranges going on and the wind and the, you know, that feels a little more summery. But no, obviously the thing that everyone thinks of is the cold mountain and certainly would not be appropriate for a cold mountain vibe. And yes, obviously Lena Rain's soundtrack is excellent. Nothing new there. Yep. That's been talked about at length, and I now agree. Not that I didn't already, having listened to it. Anyway, I'm just talking in circles. It's a good game. Great soundtrack. Moving on. Yeah, I, I've i been only playing two games, because as it turns out, one of them is Civilization, and the other is Destiny. Uh, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Little time commitment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a miracle that uh, Galen and Rana managed to find some time where I was free from those games. <laughs> uh, I've been let away from the dungeon where they keep me. Uh, but yeah, those are really... Really fun games. Uh, I actually came across a track in Destiny 2 the other day that uh, I, I don't know how to find because I don't remember where in the game it, it uh, played. But it was pretty fun track. Uh, the other day also I was... Uh, the game's currently 
in the final week as of the time of this recording in the final week of its uh holidays event they call it the dawning uh, okay christmas and new years and uh as you would imagine the main uh public hub has a lot of christmas in music right now and i listened to among the many songs one of them i really enjoyed again i have no idea how and where to find it so uh, that's why those songs aren't in the playlist, I'm afraid. But Destiny 2 continues to be a game where the soundtrack is a mixed bag with some pretty fun surprises here and there, which I can get behind. And solid, solid. We've already talked about Civilization 6, and I, I'm loving that soundtrack. Excellent. On my end, uh, I mainly played two musically relevant games, by which I mean I also played some uh, Bloodstained and finally uh, started uh, uh, checking the Aurora character uh, crossover, and uh, it's pretty cool, but it doesn't change the music at all. No, no, it doesn't change the music at all. I, I thought it was a very neat entry and very neat gameplay experience, given that she literally flies, but um, yes. yeah, it doesn't really change much of the much of the game as a whole, at least in Indeed. terms of that. Now then, uh, another game I played was a bit of a blast from the past, even though it's a recent acquisition, because I didn't just uh, throw a game at uh, Eddie's face, I also threw uh, One Step from Eden at Galen's face. Which um, I will play eventually, but I'm having major backlog oh, issues. Sure. You have no obligation for anything, and I picked a roguelike with short session, especially because I know especially next year is going to be very bus oh, busy. Oh, God. Uh, but no, you uh, punched back, because no grudge should be left unanswered. <laughs> and uh, as it turns out, the number one uh, name on my wish list, which is organized alphabetically, Happens to be uh, 10 million. Oh, that's what the organization which... was. Okay, I was wondering. Yes. It was just top of your wish list. I'm like, all right, well, let's do that. No, with a name like 10 millions written in digits, it, it, it was very much on top of the list. That makes sense. And uh, I get it now. And it's a blast from the past because it was originally a phone game, unsurprisingly. And uh, I... Uh, I uh, had it in mind, uh, even when I changed phones and operating systems, and as a result lost the game, uh, because uh, for all the simple, match-free with light uh, RPG progression systems in there, uh, the music tracks were surprisingly catchy. Alright. And so, and so I'm glad I have uh, this theme, which is uh, kind of... Uh, Nice jam, something that's a bit uh, dance-like, uh, and it's a nice break from the other two, which are more like music you uh, listen to as you are about to pirate uh, an Amiga floppy disk. <laughs> an Amiga floppy disk, I love that imagery. Yeah. It, it really does have uh, that uh, demo scene kind of vibe. But this one is uh, milder in that uh, department, but remains a uh, pretty good listen that I enjoy as I mindlessly uh, played it a little bit more, 
uh, while obviously focusing on something that happens on the other screen. Like a 7-hour Castlevania video, or an 8-hour Mega Man video. Yeah, or in my I, case, I two of... and a half hours of Marble Olympics. I don't know how uh, I got into this, I'm still freaking myself out that this is something I like. Rena uh, made That's sure great. to fill my schedule with uh, Civilization VI, so I sent back an 8-hour uh, lecture on the timeline of the Mega Man franchise because I cannot gift uh, any game to Rena via Steam. Yep. I am not done yet, but I am approaching the end. I have done, uh, I have watched it all the way up till the end of the Mega Man Zero arc. So that's like six hours in. Anyway, another game I have played uh, that is a recent release this time is uh, River City Girls 2. And it's also very good. Uh, it has... Uh, some new characters, uh, you, the two boyfriends aren't kidnapped again, which means they're playable right from the start, although I went with Yoko because I do love her brutal playstyle, and then switched to another of the new characters, because it hit, she hits even harder, and uh, as with the first game, uh, there is an early sequence where you go through the mall and you are hit with an amazing track. It was the and hunt I in... thought that would... Hmm? It was the hunt in River City Girls 1. Exactly. And uh, this time it's I'm Better Than You, which is a bit of a character theme from the villain you uh, fight in there. And... The cool part isn't only that they have another track that is an absolute bop, but that once you go to the end of the mall part and defeat the guy, as you exit back into the mall, you hear a kind of faded uh, ambient version of the hunt again. Nice. Because they knew how good it oh, was, yeah, no, so that... it'd be a shame not to reuse it. Oh yeah, no, no, 100%. Like, that song is... That was the one that really had me stop and be like, wait, what's happening? I love this. Do I like this genre? Yeah, that was the one that really kind of started that line of thinking, and then I went, yeah, anyway, we could go on about all this. Um... Yeah, uh, my point being that it is both a, a musically entertaining track and a great character theme for an arrogant, overconfident prick. Love that. Um, yeah, I really need to get to this game. But again, the backlog is way too big. Like, that came out. Yeah. Crisis Course, it came out. Uh, but hey, I, at least this time it is thematically consistent because you do beat up a lot of Yakuza. And considering the similarities of the gameplay, I just realized that that may end up being a bonus episode of Year of the Dragon, isn't it? Honestly, that's perfectly acceptable. Yep. Uh, let's end by talking a bit about uh, that. We are going to do uh, Galen and me a joint venture yes. in uh, towards the Year of the Dragon. We, which will be uh, no, go ahead. All right, yeah, we we talked about this in the uh, Christmas episode. In the, sorry, in the anniversary episode, we talked about this in the anniversary episode. Uh, we are going to be doing one Yakuza game per month, and the challenge is on my Discord. Um. And I'm doing, trying to do, emphasis on trying, because I am not good at this, but I'm trying, 
to do my very first visual effects, which will hopefully be part of the visual portion of the uh, Year of the Dragon podcast, which will be once a month, and a preview episode will be recorded on New Year's Eve. Uh, time to be determined, because I also have my best and worst list of the year. Yep. And so, yeah, we'll have uh, uh, a little bit of that. If uh, Yakuza games intrigue you or sound like a great time, it'd be great to have you on that other podcast or some of the streams we'll be having. There will be more details on the first podcast as to how that will turn out. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought we'd do a little bit of a self-plug and cross-promotion and also explain why uh likely to avoid uh, redundant topics uh we will be playing a lot of yakuza games but we won't be talking on this show about no. uh, yakuza music i don't think we will not this will not be part of now playing at least i will not be bringing it up unless something is particularly yep. notable like it has yes. to be something that i need to talk about on the main show and that's going to be yeah exactly like the default stance is we won't be talking about it yeah yeah. If it breaks, it breaks. Yeah, you gotta know when to break the rules. And we've been exactly. pretty good about that on this show. Let's hope we keep being good about that on the next one. However, and I'm going to warn you guys, Yakuza is very hard R. It's a very hard rated R series. We will not yes. be going family it's... friendly on that one. In a way, it's kind of like what you mentioned on uh, Dead or Alive, because there's uh, the funny or was haha, we go dance uh, and do karaoke, and then you get into actual story part, and there's uh, very harsh things happening. There are. Um, I, I, I... Look, I'm not saying Kazumi and Ayane are Majima and Kiryu, but... <laughs> Oh god, now I'm imagining a Dead or Alive spinoff in that style of game, and I really want to play that. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, okay. I need to stop talking about this before we start getting into the Year of the Dragon preview episode two weeks early. Two weeks early? Three days early. It's the 28th! <laughs> when did that happen? Oh, send help. Oh, I'm not prepared for anything. Oh god. Well, while Galen is having his breakdown, let me remind you to contact us at music.rk.podcast at gmail.com if you have any question, and to check the episode description for also the playlist, and to have an excellent new year, and see you next episode for more Music Arcade. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! See you next time!